0: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
1: Welcome to the Blackhawk Up podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Please welcome your hosts, Jimmy Lynch and Patrick McGann.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Black Hawk Up podcast. I am Patrick McGann alongside Jimmy Lynch. Jim, we're back at it once again. Your two favorite, uh, well, your favorite Blackhawks fans talking about uh, the Blackhawks. We're back at it again.
2: My favorite day of the week, right here, getting to talk yeah. some Blackhawks hockey oh, absolutely. or lack thereof. The past couple weeks, can yeah. you imagine actually doing this with games going on? Dude, I don't know if I can do it.
0: I, I mean, like this it's been fun because we just started this podcast up and it's been awesome and a great time every time we've done it best part of the week for me but once we got games man like this is going to be even better i am so excited for like our normal yeah. you know like we had the layout of the show or whatever like we're going to do our normal stuff when we have games and stats and players to talk about And like don't worry if those of you who are listening and who have been with us these past couple of weeks it's just going to get better from here and we're not just saying that so you keep listening to our podcast. We obviously want you to do that, but it actually is going to get better and it's going to be awesome. We can't wait to talk more about the Blackhawks and see, see what we can talk about, see what players are playing well. So it's going to be great. Once we got some actual games to talk about, even preseason, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that. This has just been, it's been so dry. It's the dog days of the off season.
2: It is. It's like the off season's very long. Once we hit the halfway yeah. point and I was like, Oh my God, only halfway, like we're halfway there. And that first half blew by. And then, after that it just, it just it just it's just been so slow Yeah. Um, oh my I, gosh yeah
0: it, it, it I, even, you could even argue this year we got lucky because it the final it's shorter
2: won. it's shorter yeah. than usual yeah yeah so um it's better than last year because last year we had that gap where there was even a question of will we have a season or not yeah exactly so, yeah um i am happy with it so i'm excited to see where it goes from here but
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> like it's uh it's going to be great once preseason starts. And then obviously, you know, once, once October hits and you're just like, all right, here we are. Like it's October games start. They used to, I remember they used to start games like the first week of October and then like, yeah, I don't know, then they, for some reason they started moving to the second week of October. And so now we just got to wait until like that second week of October. But man, it once the, once the games start, it's just like, i uh, be like games every night
2: games, you know, you can- Didn't you, uh, didn't you have the first game on your birthday a couple of times?
0: Yeah, no. Cause yeah, my birthday is October fifth, and there were a couple times where the Blackhawks had their home opener on that day. Yeah, so within the last like ten years or so. So like, they used to start earlier. They pushed it back so to make us wait even more and drag it out even longer. But mm-hmm. at least there's pre preseason hockey at that time, so there's still there's something to talk about. But
2: do you have your? Do you have like a favorite opener that you remember?
0: Uh, well, yeah. you were
2: there for one of the championship ones. I yeah, think, so. I was
0: there for when they rose the 2015 banner. That was awesome. Yeah. That was, that's, I mean, that's gotta be my favorite opener. I remember that's when like Panarin was starting to get like hit the scene. Right. Right. Like, right. That, that's, we, they're playing the Rangers that night, which is kind of ironic now that I look back and think about it because now Panarin's on the Rangers, but um, yeah, they played the Rangers that night. They rose the banner. It was pretty cool. Like every, every fan got like a little plastic uh, bracelet, which I still have somewhere. I don't know. I've saved it with all my Hawk stuff, but uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. The light show was cool, but that's, that's my favorite opener. Yeah. Um,
2: I would, I would have to say I wasn't there for it. I'd been to a couple um, losses on the home opener, like a St. Louis Blues one. And I remember my dad was livid leaving the stadium because he said no one was fighting. He said back in the old days, if, if a home opener wasn't going well, the team would, you know, they, they would put on a show for the fans because yeah. <laughs> it's the opener for the season.
0: Yeah,
2: Mine yeah. has to be um, October October 5th, 2017. October 5th. Um, the Blackhawks completely dominated the, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, 10 to 1. I
0: remember this. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. The only
2: reason I remember it is because I recorded the game. I couldn't watch it live, but I watched it later that night. And every time they scored a goal, I just was so worried that it wasn't going to last. I, I really wanted them to win the game. And each time they scored, I was like, I don't think they have enough to hold it. Because obviously, like, you're playing the defending champions at the time. The kid. And then they, even like going into the third period, I don't know how many goals they were up by, but I was still kind of like, you know, like biting my nails a little bit, but yeah. 10 to one great game. That, that has to be mine.
0: Yeah. That's a good one. I remember that one. I remember that one like it was yesterday. Um,
2: but it would probably be a championship banner raising ceremony if I went to any of those, but I was not lucky enough to go to any of those.
0: Yeah. That I was lucky enough to go to one of those. And it was, uh, it was pretty cool seeing it go up. Uh, i the funny thing is i was on the i was up in the nosebleeds on the other yeah. side so oh. i was like halfway up and then you could kind of see it on the other side of the Gemotron. but it was still i mean obviously um something i'll never forget and it was really cool
2: uh, i mean those the videos they played and everything like that yeah. were always oh, yeah. awesome it was
0: so cool that was also when they first started doing like the the like using the entire uh rank as a screen and put great right. the ice. Like that was pretty cool too. So um yeah it was it was awesome. Uh you know, obviously national anthem and all that was awesome. And then I actually uh this is kind of just talking about Hawks games in general. I uh I mean obviously I know you've been to your fair share of playoff games, but uh funny enough, I don't know if I've mentioned on this podcast yet or a previous podcast me and you've had, but uh I was supposed to go to the second round of the last time they won the Blackhawks were the playoffs. So like it was the year that they were picked to go to like, you know, pretty far in and then they got, to the yes. And okay. then I was, I was supposed to go to a game one or two of that series. Um, the next series in the second round and everyone was like, Oh yeah, no problem. We're going to, we're going to make it to that. No problem. Like my dad literally had bought tickets for me and him to go. They were, he's, you know, they sell them no matter what. And then you get refunded if they don't make it. Well, every black, excuse me, Blackhawks fan, ah, tw- every Blackhawks fan knows how that went. Uh, that round yeah. never ended up happening, so um, hopefully this yeah. gave my dad's money back. So, yeah, that was that was tough, but still no playoff games to remember from this day. But the most memorable game for me is definitely that banner reason.
2: Well, I feel like it was very lucky that you didn't have those that first round tickets. Like they, yeah. I what did they did they even score goal at home? I, mean, I don't even they, think they did. I think they, they got shut it. out oh, all they, times. Yeah, yeah, they
0: yeah. Uh, they, they got out shut yeah shut out all times. I remember that, and it was just like. It was like, what the heck is going on here? This is supposed to be, like, the best yeah. team in the Western Conference.
2: Because,
0: like, I, I literally remember telling people, maybe even you, maybe even you were one of these people that I would told. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to go to second round, game one or two. And yeah. like, oh, that's going to be a blast. Like, there's no doubt we're going to get there. And I was like, I feel like after all these people saying this, like.
2: I mean, every prediction uh, said, like, conference final or at least, championship. Like, yeah. I at think le- think it was, at it was, least. I mean,
0: uh, that team was – that team was good. I mean they obviously,
2: but they were just a good the issue is um Nashville wasn't a, like a bottom-seeded team. They they were one of the best teams down the stretch of the season. Oh yeah, they got hot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um it, and they had a little run.
0: Yeah.
2: They had a great run, but yeah. again, I it's it's amazing to think that a team like Nashville who's now kind of on the decline a little bit they went through their era of like success and didn't win a Stanley Cup. The yeah. best they had to prove for it was the conference final and then, a, or excuse me, a Stanley Cup final and a President's Trophy. Yeah, and a couple other banners because they just stretched it out. But
0: oh yeah, those uh those banners that they
2: just made. Yeah, and- the memes. Right. I love it. Uh,
0: but- honestly though, like the whole national thing that was funny. But uh, I went to a game at the XL Energy Center in Minnesota in 2000. 2000- Fifteen, yeah. yeah it was uh yeah i think it was that year
2: i was no one uh, will ever wear number one in that organization is that right because
0: the only ba- no no they had a 2007 northwest division championship okay it was and then the only other banner on their rafters was number one and it said wild fans and i was just like man i'm just i mean obviously state of hockey minnesota great it's always been a great hockey state great hockey community but geez man they're pro team that's what they have in their rafters. I mean, that's, um,
2: that's pretty that's, bad. Embarrassing.
0: I, I don't think we even
2: need to talk about that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I want to know when they did it. I I, I doubt it yeah. went up into the rafters right away, but yeah. that has to be like you're having a bad year. It's going to be like when the Blackhawks do retire numbers yeah. eventually. It's just right. going to be a uh, bad they, season. Let's plan it.
0: But at least that's like you're honoring a great right. in Hall of famer. This is like, okay, Wild fans. You get a banner <laughs> in the stadium. And honestly, I don't even know how Wild fans think about it. I'd love to talk to I mean, I used to. I used to uh,
2: I'd like to, to see that video. I'd like to yeah. see a video of that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Imagine but, if you're like booing it. Like, come on, just be good. Don't waste your time planning yeah. a retirement number for Wild fans.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's funny. I guess they were just thinking, hey, it's a little empty up here. And, uh, you know, that's
2: one way to stack the rafters a
0: little bit. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously one of the the couple NHL teams that haven't won a Stanley Cup yet. And
1: uh, yeah,
0: it's just kind of honestly, it's kind of a shame because like Minnesota, like I was saying, like the high school hockey culture there. I mean, the U of M, um, even uh, Minnesota Duluth, Minnesota State, St. Cloud up there, like the hockey culture there is unbelievable. It's unmatched and their teams are good. I'm sure they have some of the best high school. I mean, they do have some of the best high school hockey teams in the country. Their playoffs are unreal. And they have some of the best college hockey in the country. And so they're doing everything right, but professional, their professional team stinks. And they had the North stars. Um, and obviously that was before our time, but just hearing about it from our, you know, our dad saying, you know, about how the rivalry was the Blackhawks and North stars, all that sort of thing. Like for Minnesota to get kind of screwed over like that, have them leave and they can't even be the North stars anymore. It's a sore subject up there. And its I just feel bad. Cause like, if there's any, and I shouldn't say if there's any, uh, cause you have Canadian markets too, but like if there's any U S market that deserves a good hockey team, I feel like it's gotta be Minnesota. Right. I mean, obviously Chicago, the big city, like Chicago, New York, um, Philadelphia.
2: Yeah. But, um, I mean, but LA Minnesota. Kind
0: of goes, but yeah, Minnesota,
2: Minnesota is mean, a hockey team. Hockey, right. Yeah. Like,
0: they should have a good pro team with with like a really cool – like they should be like the Montreal Canadiens of like United States hockey teams, in my opinion, because of just the way hockey well, is over there.
2: Let me ask you this question. There's there's like 11 NHL teams that haven't won championships. Um, I'm not going to make you name the teams. I'm sure you actually could, but it would just take a little bit too much time. But yeah. I'm going to name the teams for you, and you tell me which one's going to name a Stanley Cup next. Okay. Buffalo Sabres. Do you want to just say Buffalo now or do you want to wait?
0: For them to win the Stanley Cup next? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I,
2: I would not want to if I was okay. a betting. Man, no, thank you. <laughs> Columbus Blue Jackets. Do you want to pick them? Uh, I, I just want to hear. Also, all my no. Options. Okay. I want
0: Yeah, I want to hear all my
2: options. Ottawa Senators. Ooh, yikes. Arizona Coyotes. I'm gonna pause oh my for a second. God. You
0: literally <laughs> didn't even pick like the fun
2: ones. Okay, Florida <laughs> Panthers. I'm going to Florida Panthers. Okay. They're a good pick. Um, Minnesota Wild. Nashville Predators, San Jose Sharks, Vancouver Canucks, Vegas Golden Knights, Winnipeg Jets. Um, those Vegas fans have been waiting years. I I miss, almost you're missing, four. You're missing Man? one.
0: Yeah, it's on your hat. Seattle Kraken. I I'm not even so I'm counting
2: kidding. that. I didn't even think uh, No, you're right. They did they haven't won a championship. Uh, they haven't won a game. They yeah. haven't won a game yet. Yeah, Seattle. It's bracket. just sad.
0: Yeah.
2: They haven't played one, though, so I, I that's I, fair.
0: I mean, it's an interesting question because, obviously, this, this is, you know, one of the common questions you can ask a hockey fan, I feel like, you know, which yeah. one of these teams. Obviously, right now, you have the teams that, out of that bunch, that actually, like
2: – Have a chance.
0: That have a chance, that are kind of built for it, that are heading right. in that direction. Like, as long as Florida has Joel Quimbo, they're going to be a well-coached team that's going to be competitive.
2: Right. Yeah. One hundred percent. I I think I mean, Florida. a – I mean, out of those that's teams,
0: not that's yeah. not my pick. But they're they're in it. They're. I mean, out of my list, I would say the Panthers. I think you have a Canadian market in the Vancouver Canucks and the Winnipeg Jets that are just waiting, waiting to bust wide open. I mean, the Winnipeg Jets again have been
2: pretty good things. Yeah. yeah Vancouver, Vancouver. I think they just had a down year. I feel like yeah, they. Lester is I not an accurate depiction of what kind of team yes. they are.
0: I mean, I know a lot of people in the sports markets, uh, you know, whatever sport it is, a lot of people are saying like, you know what, I'm giving all those athletes in 2020, like a COVID year, like that, it like, we don't have to judge them. Yeah. and I'm not saying teams that were good during that time to discredit them. I'm saying, like, I'm just saying like those bad teams, like Vancouver, like there's a really good chance Vancouver can be in the playoffs this year in the Pacific division. Like they, they are a decent team. They have some good young talent. Um, so I think Vancouver is definitely on the list. I think Winnipeg's on that list. Um, I don't think Ottawa is anywhere close, um, to be honest. Shocking. Uh, still, I mean, even after that heartbreaking exit to the Pittsburgh Penguins, which, by the way, that's got to go down as like in our lifetimes one of the one of the better playoff series. I mean, that playoff series was unbelievable with Craig Anderson and all that sort of thing. I don't know if you're that was that. a
2: great. No, that was that a was great playoff series.
0: Unbelievable playoff series, so it, much fun to watch.
2: I really um, still like the. Uh... The Tampa Florida series this past year is also one of the also, best I've yeah, watched.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I, I agree. That, that I mean, there's been some really good matchups, but yeah, Ottawa's not close. Um, Buffalo, again, like a really, really good market that could be tapped into, but just
2: they just have too many things going on up there. I'm I'm asking they, for your winner. I'm asking yeah. for your winner. Is I, it the I'm Vegas thinking, Golden Knights? Come on, let me hear it. I
0: I, I was right off the bat I was thinking <laughs> Vegas. Vegas is they are they They have the fans. They have the market right now.
2: I mean, those fans have been through years and years and years of heartbreak. And
0: I mean, I'm being sarcastic. I mean, don't Vegas fans don't take this personally, but you guys don't deserve it. I mean, you have to sit in front of your TV crying because your team lost when you're 14 years old. I mean, that has gotta happen to every fan at some point. You got to go through that heartbreak. But uh, actually, it's just no, they did, they did. did. I'm (laughs) just saying
2: it's hard looking at like other teams where you know, like there's some teams with like. 50, like 40 year playoff droughts of championships. And then you have Vegas, who in their first season does go as far as they did, which in some teams, that might be the best you ever see from your franchise yeah. ever. So right. it'll be uh, interesting. Yeah, I I, I,
0: Vegas is a good pick. I mean, yeah. I think I would lock in Vegas because I don't think Vancouver's ready yet. I don't think Winnipeg's ready yet. Um, I think they are getting closer and I think they are pretty close. Um, but I think if if I had to pick, yeah, you know, obviously the question is pick one. I, I would say, um, I because they're, as of right now, they are the closest and most built for it. And they have yeah. they actually have playoff experience, they have a lot of it. So, um,
2: um, with all the different draft picks the Arizona Coyotes got, I'm pretty sure whoever does win the Stanley Cup might be willing just to trade the Stanley Cup for those draft picks. So, I'm gonna say Arizona,
0: like trade. They're gonna like
2: it's it's gonna be an unheard of trade in NHL history. Like Arizona and, and their and eight the first round Vikings. draft picks and all their second round draft picks will just trade for the Stanley Cup champion. You know, no, I'm crazy. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm going Vegas. Vegas in all is all seriousness.
0: World. The Coyotes, I mean, made a run in 2012. Like seriously. Like this team, people forget that this team made it all the way to the conference final. They beat they knocked out the Blackhawks. One of our painful exits was due to
2: Phoenix? Sorry, I don't. Well, sorry, I don't
1: remember.
0: The then Phoenix Coyotes. Sorry, no, I don't. No. Arizona for the whole state. Oh, actually, no, that's not why they're Arizona. They're Arizona because they got kicked out of Phoenix or the, the whole.
2: I'm, uh, I'm sorry, I'm ringing a blank on the 2012 season. Was that that? What must have come in between? They're in 2010. Yes, Hoseley I know. I, I know. I'm saying it came between 2010 and 2013. I didn't watch between that. Dude, um, that was great. I'm oh, Fairweather fans only here. Yeah. We don't uh, we don't yeah, know 40. anything about the Blackhawks besides
0: the years 2010, 2013,
2: 2015. Um, <laughs> Vancouver, but, uh, I think, is another interesting team. They if Vegas doesn't do it in the next couple of years, I'm gonna go with Vancouver as my pick. Honestly, but, I mean, um,
0: I was I was cheering for Vancouver to win in 2011. I really wanted them to. I mean, Vancouver you're on
2: your own then. Yeah, okay. yeah,
0: that was I know. I've always liked Vancouver because it's a place I've always wanted to go live. It's gorgeous. I mean, I like to ski. There's skiing. There's mountains. But I, I would love to see Vancouver win it because they are hockey crazy up there. I mean, again, Canadian market, big city. Um, I mean, I mean, you saw what their fans did when they didn't win. I, I think that's all I have to go. I mean, I mean,
2: that, that's all you got to say. On that yeah. note, um, <laughs> let's. The season it obviously starts in a couple weeks. We haven't talked about the Blackhawks for the last twenty minutes. Yeah. Let's talk about the roster. I put out an article today, predicting what the Blackhawks roster could look at look like this season. And you know, you have like I, I think the lock line is obviously Kirby Doc, Alex Zabrinka, Patrick Kane. Oh yeah. No one. That's, no, that's no a that's that's a no doubt pairing right there. No right there. Oh yeah. Um, I think there are some other ones though.
0: Some no-doubt line pairings? Yeah,
2: I think there's a good chance you'll see, like, obviously, if Taze is playing, which hopefully he's playing, I think there's a really good chance you'll see Taze with Kubelik. And the question mark there is, who do you play him with on the other side? And I would have to go – I think Hagel is a good pick. I I really like Brandon Hagel. I think Hagel might be better off than the bottom six. But at least when you start the year, I think that's your top six right there. Um, I agree. Then after that, the, the issue you have with this team is there are so many different players that can be in the lineup. They're real. There's just too many guys. Right. Like I, everyone Luke, talks about yeah. Lucas, right? Kyle Henrik Henry from his players that are going to play this season with the Blackhawks, but do they have a spot for him right now? Right. I mean, um, Let's go yeah. through some of the I other see, players. You
0: still haven't mentioned Strom's name or like Tyler Johnson, right? Like two, yeah. um, two guys who are, so, could be pretty decent, right? So,
2: yeah. The third line I have is Nylander, um, Alex Nylander, Tyler Johnson, Dylan Strom. I, I think um, that's a
0: pretty solid line. I was thinking maybe you throw Strom on that second line, possibly. I don't know. Um, but that's True. I, like, I oh, think that's I feel like another. Him yeah. or could, could be interchangeable, uh, interchangeable but I, I don't know.
2: That, I that's that works opinion, too. Obviously. I think if you put Strom on that second line, it definitely makes it a little bit of a a different line. Uh, Hagel's a little bit more of a feisty player that, honestly, Mm. maybe he would do a little bit better with that third line. But at least for the first game, I really liked the idea of playing those three players that might have a chip on their shoulder together. You have Alex Nylander who missed the entire season. And, honestly, for a while there, there was a chance of whether or not they were going to bring him back. Right. Um, Yep. Then you have Tyler Johnson who – Vegas Golden, or next excuse me, the Tampa Tampa Bay Lightning gave up for basically nothing, really nothing. Yeah. Um, it's but it, it's real. that's how the salary cap works. Sometimes it's he's still a good player, and I think now he might want to make Tampa regret giving up on him. Yeah, and then you have Dylan Strome, who's, I mean, I don't even think I need to d- dive in why he might have a chip on his shoulder. So playing those three guys together, if they can mesh and if they can gel, and who knows, you know. Um, I, yeah, I mean. logistically, the three guys, the way they play, it might not be something that's going to work for a season, but I just liked the idea of playing those three together to start the first game.
0: I mean, obviously, yeah, you have that, like you said, the mental aspect with the chip on their shoulder, and that's yeah. obviously something that, you know, like you said, these are guys who are going to want to go out there and go prove himself. I feel like Tate has yeah. that mentality, too. I mean, right. he's, you know, he's going out there, um, has, hasn't played, and you know, I think it's, it's, it's obvious, you know, we always, as fans, we speculate, you know, where, where players will fall in the lineup, you know, come game night or come the season. And obviously it's hockey. So the, the, yeah. these lines are going to be changing within games and day to day. And you're going to see what works. Like, obviously I think, I think that that, that top line is going to be something that works all season. But then you can, you know, throw up, you know, possibly, you know, if Dylan Strome if he's hot or a Hagel up there, if he's hot. Right. So it's just, I guess what I'm trying to say is is I don't know. I guess I don't know where I'm
2: going with this, but um
0: I, I like I like throwing the guys with chips on their shoulder because you know they're gonna have something to prove the entire season. Yeah,
2: exactly. And then that, that fourth line I put Kuroshev, Gaudet, and Kiara. Um I really like all three of those players. When I if I'm being honest with you, when I first made this, um I I completely banked on or blanked on Kuroshev. So the lines looked a little bit different. My issue is there's just so many different players that could be in the NHL this season. I Carpenter's now an extra. I didn't include Reichel. I didn't include um, Borgstrump and there's different guys elsewhere. You know what I mean? There's just a lot of different players that is, does Khrushchev belong on the fourth line? Probably not. But do they really have room up? I mean, yeah. If Nylander doesn't work out, I feel like Nylander is going to have a very short leash here. If it doesn't work out in the first month, yeah, yeah. it's 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 going to be done. And I want to say maybe the same thing's um, true with Strom. I, if if it's not working, they're going to try and find a trade partner before his value just drops too far.
0: Right. Um, yeah, that's
2: and plus I think that it. Well, obviously everyone's like, oh, Raikel and Borkstrom are ready. I feel like even if they are, it it doesn't hurt them to give them a little bit of time in the in Rockford.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
2: I mean these, um, these guys,
0: they're not guys that yeah. you know you have to remember, not every not every you know not every professional NHL player that's been drafted or not I shouldn't say that because they're not pros yet. But like every player that's been drafted, you know, signed from a foreign market or whatever, these young guys not all of them can play in the NHL day uh, day one, right? Like Right.
2: Well, I mean, obviously, you like, yeah. You have Talent These, like
0: McDavid and stuff like that. But yeah. like, you know, obviously spending time in the AHL is beneficial to some players, and we've seen that in the past with the Blackhawks. I mean, well, not- Rykel,
2: Rykel, was already kind of like an older guy when he was drafted, and he was um it's it's been a year, he was drafted in 2020. So there there is there is an argument to be made that he's ready in Borkstrom. Obviously, we got him from Florida, and he already is a little bit older too. But I just feel like even if it's not a full season, you they're not gonna spend a full season down there. I'm just saying, like, who do you bump out of the lineup then if if, right. if one of those guys is there, you know? It's
0: interesting because, like, yeah, a lot of those guys on that fourth line and yeah. the guys that in your prediction don't make the cut, like, they're all very – they're all, like, similar skill set type players where it's like, you know, changing one or the other might not make the biggest difference. They're all kind of, yeah. like, in that same that same player
2: pool. So – um, but but most of those guys, you probably don't want to be sitting. You want them to be playing hockey. You don't right. want them to be sitting exactly right. There, right. So. You don't want to –
0: Yeah, I totally and, agree with you there. And I feel like with the Blackhawks and the way things have been going these last couple of years, I think it will be something that you know we see. We will see a lot of different names on you know a nightly basis.
2: And then defense, I just have Stillman, Jones, McCabe, Murphy, Kelly Anuktahan. I'm going to leave that for our um our talk with Steve in a couple minutes, just because I feel like that's. We touched a lot about the defense there. so. Absolutely. Um, and then in that I have this this guy they acquired. His name is um, Mark Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, that's yeah. his name. I uh, that's yeah. You know, no winners. let's just give him a chance. Uh, I think <laughs> – I don't know what he's done in the past, but I feel like if, if it doesn't work out, you still have Lincoln in it. So, yeah, let's right. just give Fleury a chance game one, see what this guy can do. Um, I feel like Fleury would be a solid backup to yeah. Lincoln. Well, I, <laughs> I haven't looked at his uh, previous seasons yet. I'm actually new to hockey. Uh, <laughs> is this flurry guy kind of good at hockey? What's he done in the past?
0: Uh, I mean, he's dabbing.
2: having, having him on the team is a complete game changer.
0: I agree. I mean, it, it, like we said before in, in, in previous, I feel like we've talked about in previous podcasts and then also, you know, we, I think we t- talked a little bit about it with Steve. It, it's like, it kind of elevated the block. it, it, it it further solidified the Blackhawks as not a rebuilding team anymore. Yeah, so it, it did. more more of like a, you know, we got some young guys that might work, that might stick, you know, throw some spaghetti on the wall, see what sticks. Um, but then you have those, those anchored veterans, like Kane, Taze, Fleury, T- Johnson. Now, you know, like we have, the Blackhawks have those guys that, that not, not even like some, like, you know, obviously Taze, we'll see with him if he plays, but like right. Kane and Flurry. I mean, they are still playing at the top of their game. Right. So, like, that's just going to help the Blackhawks that much more. Obviously, you know, Kane trying to carry the whole offense is, is tough. But, like, Flurry, you know, having a goaltender like that and then that night in, night out, that's a game changer.
2: We're here with another contributor check-in with Steve. Steve, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you guys tonight? Doing fine.
0: Feeling good. Ready to talk about some Blackhawks
1: hockey.
2: Yeah, so Steve has been – Honestly, I think you're one of the longest tenured on the site. You were here a long time ago with Blackhawk up.
1: Yeah, I was, and then uh, left for a while, did uh, another site. A friend of mine started, helped him out for a bit, and then came back. And uh, I'm really excited to get started again. I've been so immersed in COVID, trying to run a school, that uh, I need this break with hockey. So I'm excited. I am, too. Countdown of the season cannot come
2: soon enough. Um, which brings us to the current thing. So, the last time we watched the Blackhawks, they were in a rebuild. Um, it was very obvious on the ice. They would compete in some games, but it was kind of like a false hope. They weren't, they might have been in a playoff spot, but it wasn't really going to last. So, what are your thoughts on the Blackhawks now? Are they rebuilding? What position are they in?
1: Uh, this, it would be hard to call it a rebuild at this point when you started loading up veterans the way that they have mm-hmm. um so i mean if we go back to the beginning you know the window looked like it was closing right i mean we felt like this team just isn't going to be good enough to compete so uh back in february of 2020 they dubbed robin Leonard, um and then they went on to not sign Corey crawford and for me i don't know if you guys feel that way but that was that was it right there where we said okay it's time to start a rebuild would you guys agree with that
2: I agree. hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I would say the same thing. Uh, I mean, dumping Robert Leonard for like the return we got, that was, that return was a little bit lacking. So I'd definitely agree
1: with you there. Yeah. I felt like it was, like you said, we didn't get much. It was avoiding what we were going to have to pay. And so, um, I think that was the beginning. Um, and then, Gosh, I, I don't know. They didn't do much. It didn't seem like then for another five or six months. And then we get rid of Olimada and we, we trade Brandon Saad, And then I think there were still questions though. It seemed like in Blackhawks minds, it was like, where are we right now? Are we, are we definitely rebuilding? There were so many question marks and then we dumped, uh, Yanmark and Soderbergh. And it was like, okay, <laughs> this is official. We just let two vets go. We were sort of in a playoff spot. Um, and I, thought, I felt like that was the good point, right? We're, we're now invested in this thing. We're playing kids, and we're moving forward. But
2: I, I think it's, it's an interesting position because when you look back at when did that letter come out um, to the fans, was it October or Sept- September when they wrote that letter to the fans saying they're going to retool this team? Yeah. Um, I feel like that came right around the same time that they basically said, we probably won't have fans in the stands next year. You know, the Blackhawks, I I don't think they I feel like they've been retooling this team since, you know, 2018, since they moved on from Joel Quindle for the sole reason of Jeremy Colleton's great with the kids. He's a good communicator and he's going to do whatever he can to get these guys to the next level. But they wouldn't call it a rebuild or a retool at that time because of the fact that, well, they're also trying to sell tickets and they want to keep that solid streak going and they want to keep packing the stands. It's hard to do that when you're rebuilding. Now, I mean, obviously, I feel like there are a lot of diehard fans that would get behind watching the kids play, watching the next generation. But for some reason, they weren't going to make that claim right off the bat.
0: You know, honestly, uh, coming from a, a different standpoint, you can, you know, walk a little bit south in Chicago and go to the White Sox. Their fans, I mean, I'm a diehard White Sox fan. I've got the shirt on right now. Everyone there. I mean, look at all their fans. They embrace the rebuild. I mean, I mean, I remember back in like 20, you know, 16 and when it was the dark days, 2017, we we're like, yeah, we got like stacked prospects in the system and the Hawks didn't really do that. Like they didn't do it. With the White Sox here. the White Sox were like, God awful. I mean, obviously they did two different sports, but like a, a rebuild, I feel like a complete tear down rebuild is something that fans could get behind and get excited about. Cause now look at the White Sox. Now look at all those young guys that got, and now look at where they're going not trying to make this a White Sox pod, but, um, but, <laughs> but you can yeah, say the like, same uh, thing
1: for the Blue Jays.
0: Right. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like you, you just, they, you know, obviously when you say you're going through rebuild, you got to, you know, fan there, there's going to be a, a pool of fans who are like, this sucks. There's going to be pool of fans that are like, this is great. And then, you know, you're not going to sell at your stadium, but that's a good fair point that Jimmy does bring up. But yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, me personally, I would, I would get behind that rebuild, but the Hawks, they've kind of, gotten out of it now but i don't know if that's where we're going but
1: well i i too i think too that you know the the big mistake was bowman handing out all of the non-move clauses right and and those huge contracts so you can't really go into full-blown rebuild mode when you've got kane and taves and keith and seabrook and at that point we know we still had uh crow i mean that's so much money locked up in these players and you can't move them it really hard to just go into full-blown rebuild mode um, and I feel like that's part of it so in one instance it's not really Stan's fault we're not in re- or we're not rebuilding but it's actually his fault in the beginning because he kind of got us in this situation in the first place
2: well it seems like to me at least where even during those like let's say 2018 they go out and add like Chris Kunitz and a couple other just like older veteran players a rebuild if you were rebuilding you would actually like just play your young guys you know like they did this last year and if it wasn't for the fact that kershev hagel um even like Lincoln and that all these young guys that they kind of just were saying fine you go play and we'll just see what happens for a year and cross our fingers because of the way that they played and the fact that they played better i feel like that those performances made them say okay fine there's an opportunity. Let's trade for Seth Jones. Um, for somehow, somehow they got um, Vegas on the phone and said, let's get Mark andre Fleury. Moves like that made them, yes, they're not rebuilding anymore. I still don't think they are a Stanley Cup championship team, like a Tampa Bay Lightning, which you only get after a long time of building up a team like that. You can't build that overnight. But to me now they seem like they will be a better team. Steve, where do you think they'll finish like this year? Do you think – is the playoffs a legitimate thing for them or no?
1: Yes. Uh, are we going to go deep? Uh, uh, you know, that's another question. But, you know, the question has been the defense for so long, and I think this year we're looking at the question is going to be the offense. I think they really did shore up the defense quite well. Um, McCabe is a bruiser. You know, Seth Jones, if he goes back to his old form, you got a guy there who's uh, – a Definitely an all-star. Murphy, I think, is still playing pretty good hockey. Seems to be getting better all the time. Um, Dehan, when he plays, he's all right. Uh, so I think we're pretty good there. Bottom line is going to be the question mark. And then you know, you're know you backing it up with Marc-Andre Fleury, who is coming off a phenomenal season. Granted, he's not going to, or he didn't face the shots that, you know, the goalies for the Blackhawks have over the past couple of years. I mean, he's in the twenties shots per game every year in Vegas and the Blackhawks have been in the mid to high thirties. So we're going to find out how good he really is this year.
2: Yeah. I also, I really like um, Riley Stillman. I think he's a interesting defenseman that if you could pair him with Seth Jones and then you can move to Han down and then he's not taking up as big of a role, even if I, I really don't think DeHaan's going to have like that long of a future on this team. Maybe he finishes out this contract or maybe they trade him and get some kind of asset back or something. But, yeah, I, I guess I I've never really thought about the offense being the big issue because they've, man, they've scored goals a lot in the past. Pat, what are your thoughts on the offense?
0: Um, yeah, they have. Uh, they, they really have. I mean, all the, the games that the Blackhawks were in, these last couple of years were like track meet games. Games that they, like I, like we've mentioned before on the, on the podcast, just like games where the Blackhawks would score five goals but lose six to five. You know, like, mm-hmm. like we were saying that the defense was what was the question mark? The offense now, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see because you know Kirby Doc was risky hundred percent. Is how's he feeling? Right? He then like he might be, you know, centering off that top line. Kane, hopefully, Kane still Kane, and there's no signs otherwise. Taze is going to come back. We'll see how he plays, right? He's been gone for a long time. So I feel like there's a lot of potential for the offense, but uh, it is interesting to think about how it could be a question mark.
1: Is Taze not a question mark right now? No, Taze is 100% a question mark. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. that uh, comment that uh, Stan Bowman made, you know, we got the excited because he was on the ice, and then mm-hmm. he makes that comment that's so cryptic about potentially being there on day one. We don't know. So – If you let's remove tapes for a bit. Yeah. Who are our centers who are starting four line centers? It gets pretty interesting. You know, is Strom, are they going to let him go again there? Are they going to move him to a wing? You know, I guess then it comes down
2: to like you're really betting on Kirby doc. Mm -hmm. And then behind that, I guess you could try and put Tyler Johnson on the second line as a center, but then you're really losing that that depth that you thought you were going to have in that third line spot. Cause I mean, I wouldn't want to play Strom on the second line center. I Strom's such an interesting guy because I think there's a ton of potential there for him, but for some reason, it's, just not going to, it's not, I don't think it's going to happen with this team. Hmm. So yeah. So I, you go doc, they gave up, they gave up on Suter and um, gosh, David Kempf, and those were two of their best centers last year. I mean, Kempf is not a all-star center, but he can win face-offs, which is, at the end of the day, the name of the game there. So, yeah, if they don't have Taze, even at, like, if Taze can just be, like, a fourth or third-line center for this team, just kind of taking defensive um, draws and playing on the penalty kill and kind of, like, working up his endurance, that'd be good. But I guess that's – the offense really does depend on how he does.
1: It really does, and – Interestingly, Johnson did uh, win almost 55% of his draws last year. So I think if Taves is out, you almost have to slide him into one of the center spots. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows about Gaudette, what yeah. he's going to bring, Borgstrom? I don't know. And I'm, I'm not happy about Carpenter. I didn't love what I saw with him, so I wouldn't you know, love him there. So,
2: Well, the, the interesting thing you say about Johnson, though, is so let's say you put him in that top centerman spot with – Brinkett and Kane then you have you can't do that I would of no, you can't but that's they're in such a tough spot because those three guys should not play with each other because they'd all be so small you know um so then you're really kind of limiting your options there where yeah Johnson might be the team's best center without Taze in the lineup depending on how Doc does so I feel like if there if there's potential that Taze is not going to play this season which obviously Murphy came out and spoke that Taze was looking pretty good during practices. Uh, if he doesn't play them, I could maybe see like them making some other kind of trade. Otherwise there's just too big of a hole in this lineup. Yeah.
1: But I, I really ideally would like to see Johnson centering a line with Hagel or Kara. Um, mm-hmm. I think you got a gritty line there that will win a lot of battles and provide you a lot of depth down the line. I feel good about doc. I think he's going to be back 100%. He's going to center uh, the cat and Kane, and that's going to be a dynamite line. So yeah, it's interesting. And then, you know, who are your winger is going to be Is Reichel going to step up and be the guy that most people think he's going to be. Could he be on a line with Kubalik? pretty dynamite line? I would think.
2: Yeah. I mean, the one player that I, he's someone that a lot of the fan base is not that big on, but I, I feel like you have to give him at least one more shot. What do Alex Nylander? What are your thoughts
1: on him? Go ahead, Patrick. Patrick. Oh, I mean, uh,
0: yeah, I just, again, I just like filling these spots on the Blackhawks, it's just like there's a lot of, again, on the offense question marks. I, I honestly don't know what I think about Alex Nylander quite yet. Um, just from he hasn't what he's played so for
2: far. a year. Yeah.
0: You know, like, you, you just, For me, I haven't seen enough. Like, I I think he's just got more of the same from him in in, in a way. I don't know how much improvement there really is there. I know, like, there's been some people who have been pretty high on him, but you know, he hasn't been necessarily what the Blackhawks have hoped he's going to be. And this year, you know, I think we're just going to see more of the same from him. That's kind of more pessimistic, but um, that's I feel like that's my opinion on him.
1: I I think you got to give him a go. Uh, Mm Um, when he's healthy, he's got wheels, I mean, he's got a lot of speed. In the right grouping, I think he could be okay. Um, I wouldn't give him a full year. I mean, if you see the same thing in the first two months that we've seen in the past, yeah. you probably pull it. But I, I think you gotta go early. I think he would be a nice fourth line guy starting out the season.
2: Yeah, his leash is definitely not as long as it's been in the past. And he's also not gonna get like in 2019-20, he spent most of the year playing with like John uh excuse me, Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, but now because of all those additions this past season, because of the different young guys they brought in, he's no longer in that same position. I mean, yeah, ideally I think Rykel would be a great person to just step into the lineup, but I think it comes down to, is that the best for his development to throw him right into the NHL? or like, I feel like most of these young guys probably would be better off with the year in the AHL, but that's just kind of my thought on that.
1: Another thought is it's kind of nice when you take – a new guy, and you place him with a vet, somebody that can help him develop. You play on a line, um, you know. The first year really helped with DeBrinket when he got some time with Kane. Um, yeah, I think it eases in yeah, when you put a a group of young kids together on that fourth line, and sometimes uh, they end up against you know the other team's best line or whatever. I mean, that's brutal for those kids. Um, so it's nice to be able to to pair them up with somebody who can show them the ropes and. Kind of ease that right into the NHL for him. I
2: mean, Kane's been doing that for years. He did that with going back to Nick Schmaltz, spent time with them, um, to Brinkett. I want to say T- T- Teravinen or maybe not there.
1: He wasn't there maybe very reaching, long. He wasn't there <laughs> very long, but that that, um, well, that final year. blossomed under him. You know, yeah.
2: True, uh, yeah. So, so. If, if they could do that with Doc this season, that would just be – that would just be a next level move.
0: Um, uh, I think. I think like, like Steve was saying, like that that uh, uh Doc Kane line that that could be one of the better lines in the league. I mean, if if Doc is you know that third overall pick and completely healthy, that that could be one of the top lines in the league. We can see some some pretty goals and some pretty plays from that line.
2: It it definitely could be. I mean, you're you're kind of betting on out had a great year last year.
0: I mean, what we were talking on one of the podcasts about how he's been kind of, you know, like, we're comparing his numbers to Kane. You were, you were making a case for that, I remember last week. <laughs>
2: well, I was just comparing his numbers. And for, yeah, and he's a very good offensive player. So if Doc can mesh with it, um, it didn't work out last year, obviously, but he was hurt for most of the year. Right. Is there any like dark, like dark horse kind of like player you think could have a good year that we're not talking about right now, Steve?
1: Ooh. Um, you mentioned Stillman on D, um, I like Kalanook. I thought what he did coming in on a, just a horrible defensive squad. I thought he played really well. Um, Mm -hmm. there were times he looked like he could even captain the power play, um, if needed. And he spent some time on the penalty kill. I think he's a young kid who really could make that, you know, that's that sixth grouping. So I would look for him and, um, and God, I think there's potential there as well on the offense.
2: Yeah. Goddad, I think he's really going to get a good look this year. It didn't work out last year, um, last year for him in Vancouver. And now he's going to get a pretty good look on the, I don't think he gets up past the fourth line to start year. He's going to just be the fourth line center, but he, he can provide something that's been different than in the past. Like you have um, first it was Marcus Kruger there. And that was just pretty much all defensive play. David Kemp, very similar, but, that I think, has a little bit of a different skill set than those two guys, so it's I'm excited to see a little bit something different.
1: Yeah. I created a, a little thing here, and I put him on the fourth line centering it with Nylander and Kara as, That's as who I pencil in. That's I mean, that gives you
2: – Kira, I think, is going to have a great year. Um, he, he All he really did in Edmonton was fight and hit guys, which if that's all he does here, I'm fine with that. Yep. And then – Nylander gets a little bit of Liberty to kind of like basically run his own line and see what he can do. And if it works out, maybe he moves up a little bit. If not, then we'll find someone else for that spot. But um, Steve, anything else you want to talk about? Anything you want to plug before we end the segment today?
1: Oh man. Uh, Not, I don't have anything I really want to plug. I'm just excited to, to get back at this and uh, look at uh, takeaways from every game. Watch this team build I think there's just a lot of potential here uh, for this year. I'm just surprised that we were able, it's just interesting. So Keith decides to leave the Blackhawks honor the move, which is awesome. They should, he's deserved that. Um, You know, following that we get Seth Jones and then we were able to get rid of the Seabrook contract, uh, which we, I don't think any of us Hawks fans thought that that was going to happen. Uh, And then we get Marc-Andre Fleury and it's like, oh my gosh, this we went from this rebuild is going to be brutal to, hey, this season could be fun. We still have a good mix of young kids. We've got some awesome veterans now, which I don't think any of us wanted to see Kane ride his career out on a rebuilding team that doesn't win half their games. You know, I, he deserves better than that. And I think these moves might, you know, make it more interesting for all of us and uh, be a good ride for him.
2: 100%. Steve, thank you for joining us. It's been a great time. Have a good night. Thanks for having me. Talking with Steve was the perfect way to end the podcast today. We thank you for listening. We thank you for following along with us the past couple weeks as we've been going through this. And, you know, I can't wait to actually have some games to talk about. There's a lot of great things to look forward to, and we hope you stick around. Have a good night.